from CMR Institute. I'm Laura Hegwer. Right now you're listening to the new Out of Pocket Podcast, a series that's dedicated to keeping you up to date on the latest healthcare news so you know what it means for your customers and your sales strategies. We're here so you don't miss out, so why don't we go ahead and dig in? So this week, we're going to be looking at four events that happened over the past two weeks that you don't want to miss. The first is a release of the latest data on the nation's healthcare spending. Uh, second is a new report that came out all about value-based payment and what's going on in the U.S. The third is about the battle over hospital prices and making them public. And lastly, uh, we're going to look at a new house bill that's aimed at lowering drug costs. So first up, let's talk about healthcare spending. Okay, so there's a lot of numbers here, so I'm going to just hit the highlights. So what happened was CMS, their Office of the Actuary, published their annual report on healthcare spending in an issue of Health Affairs, which is considered the go-to journal for understanding what's going on in healthcare policy. So the report found that you know, for the most part, healthcare spending is holding steady. So uh, in 2018, healthcare spending grew 4.6%. That's just a little bit more than uh, healthcare spending grew in 2017. The report did find that per capita spending rose in 2018 compared with the previous year. And as they always do, CMS also looked at pharmaceuticals, and the report found that spending on retail drugs increased 2.5%, and they attributed that to the availability of new drugs, namely for autoimmune and cancer, um, and just a higher volume of drugs overall. However, there was some good news, and that's the fact that retail prescription drugs actually dropped Uh, the price for those drugs dropped 1%. And that's in part because prices for brands uh, remained fairly stable. The report also looked at something else that's on the rise, and that's the total number of uninsured in the U.S. So in 2018, there were another 1 million people in the U.S. who became uninsured, and that's for the second year in a row. And right now, um, we're at 30 million in the U.S. who are uninsured. So what, what does that all mean for you? I think when you're discussing drug prices with your customers, you're going to want to keep some of these facts in mind. Um, of course, it, it can't hurt to listen to your customers and uh, focus on offering whatever solutions you can to address any issues related to uh, pricing. So uh, whenever possible, you want to look at opportunities to talk about copayment cards or patient assistance programs or coupons, anything that can help lower patients' cost-sharing burden and you know ultimately help promote better adherence as well. So I think uh, such tools um, can also be part of your arsenal if you're talking with customers who are treating a lot of uninsured patients as well. Okay, so let's move on then to our next 
hot topic, and that's related to value-based payments. So there's a group called the Catalyst for Payment Reform. They're independent nonprofit organization, and uh, recently they released their national scorecard for commercial payment reform. And you know what this scorecard does is it measures how well the country is progressing toward value-based care. So what did the report find? Well, basically, it found that just over half of all payments that are made to providers like hospitals and physicians are value-based. So they're either tied to clinical or financial outcomes. So that means that we're still at just under half of provider payments. Um, I think the report found 47%, to be exact, of payments are based on the traditional fee-for-service model. So what this suggests is that your physician and hospital customers are still dealing with two very different payment models and living in two very different worlds with different incentives. So, you know, in the traditional fee-for-service world, you had your customers who were rewarded based on the volume or the, you know, the number of services that they provided. But in the value-based world, you know, the rewards are different. They're focused on outcomes, how well patients with um, diabetes are managed or how well patients with hypertension are managed. So all of that requires a different kind of focus than what providers have had in the past, more focus on primary care services, less focus on high-cost acute care services that you would typically find in an inpatient hospital setting. The fact that there's two different payment models existing simultaneously, it's not only confusing for you, it's confusing for your customers. So what this means is that you need to understand your territory, your market, specifically how provider payment is evolving, what the pace of that evolution is. So to, to know that, um, there are two questions that I think you can ask yourself. So number one, who are the key commercial payers in your market? And number two, what types of value-based payment are they engaging in? So, um, for example, there might be shared savings arrangements where payers are sharing part of any financial savings that they would get with providers like hospitals or physician groups. Um, payers may also be testing bundled payments where they're providing a flat fee for an episode of care. So all of the services related to, say, heart surgery or joint replacement. Um, you may find that if you're in a more sophisticated market, payers and providers are actually working together on shared risk arrangements where both parties have some skin in the game, where they're both at risk. So depending on what kind of customer-facing role you're in, you may find that some of your customers want to talk about the challenges that they have related to moving from fee-for-service to value-based payment. Uh, if so, this can provide a good opening for you to discuss how your portfolio of products or your services can help them to achieve high performance on whatever metrics they're using to uh, measure their performance in some of these arrangements. Okay, so let's move on then to the next event that we wanted to talk about, and that's about what's going on between 
hospitals and government and the legal battle brewing over making prices public. So back in November, you may recall that the Trump administration finalized a rule and basically it it orders hospitals to make the prices that they negotiate with health plans public. That would start in 2021. This would include all prices for drugs and supplies as well. So as you can imagine, the hospital groups were not happy with this. Initially, they tried to lobby to get this change. That failed. So now they are challenging the issue in court. So this is all part of a broader movement, and um, it relates to price transparency, the idea of bringing healthcare prices more out in the open, making them public. And it's not just affecting your customers, it's affecting the pharmaceutical industry as well. We're definitely going to hear more about efforts to make prices public, especially as we come closer to election season. Those who favor price transparency initiatives believe that making healthcare prices public is going to help to ultimately reduce healthcare costs and spending. So what does all of this mean for you, especially if you're calling on health plans or hospitals? Well, there won't likely be any kind of immediate impact, although I think your customers can expect the legal battle is going to continue through next year. So speaking of battles, there's actually another battle brewing in Congress, and it doesn't have anything to do with impeachment. It's about drug costs. So this week, the House Democrats revealed their Lower Drug Costs Now Act, and it's also known as H.R. 3. So while this bill isn't likely to go anywhere in the Senate, it still drew criticism from pharma, the industry's lobbying group. So, you know, not surprisingly, they're most focused on issues that would hurt innovation. And their criticism is that the bill's reference pricing provisions would do just that. So reference pricing is a model that factors in what other countries pay for drugs when setting prices here. So under the House bill, drug prices in several countries would be used to help set the negotiated maximum price for drugs paid for by Medicare and Medicare Advantage plans. So the countries that would be used as part of this model include Australia, Canada, France, Germany, uh, the UK, and Japan. some of the big headlines that your customers might be talking about this week. So let's focus on what's coming ahead. So I think we're likely to hear more about proposed changes to drug pricing rules, especially as politicians debate what's going on with different plans in Congress. Uh, We're certainly going to hear more about Medicare for all as the next presidential debate nears. Uh, Whatever else unfolds over the next two weeks, we'll keep you posted on the news that matters most. So that's it for this week. Thanks for listening to the Out of Pocket Podcast. If you would like to know more about CMR Institute's learning programs, which are updated continually to reflect what's going on in the industry, please contact solutions at cmrinstitute.org or visit us online at cmrinstitute.org. Until next time, be well, and let's talk in two weeks.